Assalamu alaikum everybody and welcome to our newest episode of Muslima Podcast. Uh, I'm Asma, your host, and today we will be having a guest speaker, Lena Muhammad. Lena is a recent graduate of New York University, um, also a Fulbright and Peace Corps recipient. She is, you know, just a beautiful person overall. She's a friend of mine and she was actually assigned to be my mentor in our uh, Muslim Student Association. We had a mentorship program where a freshman got matched up with an upperclassman and she was my mentor and I'm so lucky that that happened you know lena is just such an amazing person to be around so um she also does a lot of work to uplift women um through malika and other organizations um she's done a lot of women's empowerment work all across the world as well as work with refugees so lena has worked with refugees in abu dhabi and athens and dallas and new york and palestine so many different places and i really just want to hear about what that was like you know what it's like to be working with people who have gone through so much so yeah i'm excited to have her on here hey how are you guys how are you asma i'm pretty good alhamdulillah you know lena there's so many things that we can talk about but what i really want to highlight in this episode is your amazing work with refugees that really spans all across the world you know you've worked with refugees in athens you've led a refugee awareness a program in Abu Dhabi, you've worked with refugees in New York and Dallas and Tunisia and so many other places. And I really want to talk about what inspired you to get there. Um, well, thank you for having me first off. But yeah, um, with this work, I mean, it really initially started off as a, you know, it was my high school years, it was my senior year in high school, and we had to do a capstone project, which was our final essay submission for graduation. And so, um, you know, in, in my, at that time, I was part of a youth group within the Islamic Center um, in Dallas. And, you know, at that time, we had a huge influx of Syrian refugees coming into Texas. And, and, and again, with our governor, there was some issues and stuff like that. But we wanted to create this interfaith program. And so, I got kind of involved with that. I think that was kind of my initial introduction of the crises. And then from there, it, you know, I started volunteering at different spaces, um, like resettlement programs within Texas um, that would help kind of help them through the process of like um, with ESL classes and registration for schools for the kids and like making sure like housing situations are taken care of. So I became kind of that middleman I guess between the a lot of the organizations and the programs and the the refugees um that are coming into Texas and so from there it just became kind of a you know uh a normality it just became part of my life and I didn't like again it started off as a project for my school but then I I I got really invested in it because it you know it started becoming part of my friendships these were the people that I would hang out with these people that I would spend a lot of my times with so you know hearing their stories and like learning from them that made me really interested to do more um and so that's where it kind of really started that's awesome mashallah and you know as U.S. residents or U.S. citizens, I think we take for granted a lot of the times just knowing the system that we're in, you know, knowing how to seek asylum, knowing how to get a driver's license, you know, knowing all of those things um, we just take for granted. But, you know, if someone just takes a minute out of their day to help, you know, someone who's new to the country with those things, it really makes a big difference. So 
honestly, I really commend you for that. Um, so once you got to NYU, um, how did you continue this work? Because I know we were talking about high school, but how did you continue this passion in college? Yeah, no. Um, so you, I came in 2016, in winter of 2016, and that was during the time of the election. And um, once, you know, our current president was elected, uh, I choose not to say his name. <laughs> um, but once he got elected, we definitely, there was a huge movement with the travel ban. And, you know, a lot of those places, the people that are being affected, a lot of them were refugees coming in from countries like Yemen, from Syria, um, and other countries as well. So, you know, we decided to, you know, start marching and, and protesting and speaking against these injustice and you know from there it became again another another part of my life again where it just became a normality where I was just um doing what I had to do you know like I you know something I like to say is kind of a blessing and curse I can't say no so someone asked me to do something I'm just like okay I'll be there like (laughs) sure like you know so it that's how it just kind of became and 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 that was really, really the reason why I moved to New York. You know, a lot of people assume like, oh, you came to New York because you wanted to go to NYU. And I'm like, no, NYU was the bonus. But like, I would like, I'd like to think that the work that I was doing was really what drew me into New York because there was a lot more space and more opportunities to like work with other people who have similar um, like, you know, mindsets in terms of like working with the refugees. Right. So I actually remember that time, too. I think I was still in high school. Were you at the protest at JFK Airport? I was. Um, yeah. Okay. Mashallah. Mashallah. So my, this is like a little tidbit. My cousins actually were also at that um, protest and they bought like hundreds of boxes of pizza and they like handed it out to all the protesters. Oh my God. Got in the news for it. So it was like very, so you guys must've been at the same protest, but it's just like, that's so cool. Yeah. I was in upstate New York at a different airport, but it was just, you know, seeing all those people collected in JFK, like non-Muslim, Muslim, like people who just cared, you know, whether they were citizens or like not citizens, nothing mattered. It just was like that allyship with the people who were being left out, you know? Mm -hmm. And it really, it really pushed, you know, the administration, it really showed the administration that like, hey, we're not going to take this sitting down. You know what I mean? And, you know, as we speak right now, Congress is um, trying to repeal um, the Muslim ban. I think it passed in the House, but we still have a little while yeah. to go in terms of yeah. it getting actually repealed. But at inshallah, least we're making headway. Yeah. Inshallah, inshallah. So, yeah. So, you know, once you got to New York, you started at NYU. Um, I know that then shortly afterwards you headed to Athens to do some work with refugees so like tell me what that was all what what that was like yeah so you know it started again off as a a project that was I was asked by a couple individuals on campus you know do you want to come with us to Athens we're doing a refugee trip we would love to have you and lead this trip with us and again I can't say no so I was like (laughs) of course like let's do this let's have an let's start this new adventure. Let's experience something different. And so I, you know, I packed my bags and I decided to go to Athens, not knowing really too much of the situation. Like all I knew of the situation in, in Greece was, you know, what everybody was seeing on television. It wasn't any, it was nothing more than that that I knew of. And so, but later did I realize once I got there, I mean, it's a whole different world out there. It's completely, you know, like people, are um 
living a different lifestyle in different circumstances, they're very limited with their resources. And a lot of the times, like, as much as the, the Greek government isn't, like, pushing them to, you know, move out or anything, it's like they're not giving much help and they're not giving those resources that people need. Like, you know, it's one thing to leave your country and, you know, now, you know, you're all good. But, like, adjusting to that country and being able to survive in that country is another thing. That's another struggle that a lot of people face. And they don't realize that. I think the government is like, oh, we gave them a, a place to stay so they should be happy and, you know, we're not kicking them out. And so working with that and trying to figure out, like, you know, how do we, you know, these 20 students from NYU come into these spaces and what can we do or what can we provide or rather, you know, how can we help, you know? Right. And so that's what it ended up being. And then from there, I kept coming back and forth because there was different programs. And then I started running the woman healing space there. So it, it just became a, uh, part of my life I I, I want to say like it became like this was my family this was my uh, another piece of me so you know as much as New York is a, another piece of me Athens became another piece of me as well right you know I would love for you to go a little bit more into like what you were doing in Athens because I know that you know as you mentioned before like there's so many things that these um, refugee people need in terms of resources so were you teaching them English were you like Helping them with housing or yeah. helping them, you know, educating them or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it could range, uh, to be completely honest. It could go from <laughs> anything from, like, I just need a friend to talk to and I just want someone to hang out with to it could be, like, can you help me with my papers and my processing for asylum to come to Germany or whatever it is. Like, it really, like, you have to be flexible when you're in these spaces because you could be asked anything and um, a lot of times, most of the work that I did specifically um, was, you know, teaching English. Um, I would teach English to adults and as well as I would um, help with paperwork and then also help with the counseling. You know, we had a counseling center. And so we would work with like group therapies and different stuff like that. And then there's also child care. So a lot of that. So a lot of the work isn't like, you know, I think people when they go into these spaces, they assume that they're going to be changing people's lives but it's something as simple as like can you watch my kid for like three hours while I go to the embassy to get something done you know it, it could right. it could be something as simple as that but you know I always tell people when you go into these spaces and you volunteer you're not going there to bring in these new ideas you're going in there to help in whatever way that they need help right and so you know taking away this god complex savior idea and just kind of going in there with an open mind yeah and i think in islam like it, we're always taught to be humble and not let our egos get in the way but unfortunately sometimes with these volunteer projects volunteer organizations um there's there is a savior complex you know and you're like oh i know what you need i'm just gonna give it to you and i'm gonna come in with this new idea like i don't even know if it's actually going to help you but like here you go you know mm -hmm. and i feel like that happens a lot and I'm, I'm so glad that you're conscious of that and that hopefully we can kind of change the dynamic around you know volunteering and refugee work in general you know yeah so the next question I want to ask you kind of digs deep, you know, refugee work and volunteer work in general can be extremely rewarding and you can take so much from it, but it can also be tough, you know, emotionally. Um, 
when you're working with these refugees, these refugee women in Athens, you know, sometimes you're, like you said, you're the friend that they talk to. So they're telling you their stories and they've been through so much. So you being there and helping them and giving them the resources they need, it can sometimes be hard. And, you know, what are you feeling in that everyday work that you're doing? Um, wow. Uh, you know, that's a great question because a lot of the times it's hard to wrap your mind around it. Sometimes it isn't until I leave the U.S. or I leave the like the country that I'm working at, then I come back and I'm like, wow, that just all happened and I have to give myself a break. But, you know, it, it's a roller coaster of emotions. I, I, I think that's the best way to put it because, you know, you create this relationship, you create this, this bond with this person and they're telling you so many intimate stories and stories of like, you know, coming here and, and, you know, then you realize like a lot of the everyday struggles that we go through is so minimal in comparison to what these people have to go through. And the fact that, you know, a lot of these people can still smile and still walk after losing their, like, you know, their husband or their wife or their children, like they're still able to like continue life. It really brings this sense of like hope and belief that like humans are able to continue even in times of despair, you know? And so, you know, I learn a lot from a lot of these individuals. Like, I think for me, like going back and forth, it's not because I want to help, but I think they're kind of somewhat helping me in terms of like understanding a lot of things in life. And so it's very emotional. I, I, I am extremely a sensitive person. So for me, like the first trip that I was there, it was a very, very emotional, you know, trip. And I told myself actually that I would not come back actually. Like I just said, I don't think I'm... I don't have the heart to come back again because it was just that was it was so hard but subhanAllah three more times and I've, I've been back and alhamdulillah each time is a, a new experience and a new journey and you you know I, like I learn a lot about myself while you know learning about their situations and um yeah honestly Lena like mashallah I commend you for the work that you're doing and and going back and forth to different countries and helping the people there. Um, not only are you impacting them so much, but like you said, like you're growing as a person as well. Um, I hope one day to have like some of those experiences too. Um, I signed up for a trip to kind of go and help refugees in a different country, but it was canceled and, you know, with Corona and everything, I haven't been able to, but um, inshallah one day. Um, so the next thing I kind of want to talk to you about in more detail is the project that you started in Athens for refugee women called the Women's Healing Circle. And you kind of brought, you know, your knowledge and your work with Malika. And for those of you that don't know Malika, Malika is a nonprofit organization located in the United States focused around women's empowerment and uh, self-defense. So you kind of brought your knowledge and the curriculum from Malika to Athens, Greece, and made a women's healing circle program in Athens. And it really became very, very successful. So tell us more about that. So after my uh, uh, my two first visits to Greece and Athens, I you know, decided that um, I wanted to do something particularly for the woman, uh, as a woman myself, I wanted to do something in terms of like, you know, I really connected with a lot of the women there. And, you know, a lot of the times they would tell me they want to work and they, but they don't feel motivated. They feel this sense of like, you know, that they, because they've lost husbands or, you know, or family members that they need to be that breadwinner, but they just don't have, they have that lack of motivation or lack of feeling that they're worthy enough. And so I, I asked 
you know, the CEO and founder, which is also my friend, uh, Ramalika Rana. And I asked her, I was like, hey, what do you think if we maybe brought Malika to Athens into these spaces and, 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 and put it in a way where we can kind of um, help these uh, women and helping them get jobs and opportunities. And so, you know, she agreed with that. And from there, I kind of worked with the, the department of, within NYU, the psych department at NYU. And I helped with um, creating a curriculum that was really focused on women who face, specifically women who face trauma coming in from war-torn areas. Um, so it, that it would be like more targeted towards their needs and their wants. And so with that, you know, after like six months of like creating curriculum, um, we decided to create the 10 week course. And within this 10 week course, we would train two uh, individuals of each speaking group. So, you know, we had women from who are from French speaking countries. We had women from um, Urdu speaking countries and uh, in Farsi and as well as Arabic. So we had a bunch of language groups. And so we trained two women from each of those language group um, you know, collaborating with the organization that was there, Hestia Hellas. And, and then with that, we were able to give um, funds and provide funds for those women who were training the other women. So we would train, like, we would train them and they would train people from their language groups. And so with that, because they're giving out their time and service, they're getting paid for their work and their time for that. So, I mean, it would it was not a large amount, but the stipend did help them in terms of like the everyday groceries. It would help them with everyday needs for their children, whatever it is that they need. We were there to support them. But also not only that, I think it also helped them in terms of their confidence level. You know, I saw that within the even five week mark, you know, I saw that the level of confidence definitely increased within the woman. They came in originally being very, you know, I, I don't know if this is worth it. I don't know if I could do this, but towards the end they were feeling very confident very um self-assured with themselves and their ability to grow and become um self-employed uh woman thank you so much for sharing all of that with us lena and you know your work still has a, a lasting impact in athens because i know that your project kind of you know multiplied itself within the organization that you brought it to and also to other nonprofits in athens so you know, because of you, so many women are becoming empowered and, and becoming confident in themselves. And it must be very rewarding. It must have been very rewarding for you to see that transition um, when you were there. And, you know, I'm sure it's still happening. So that's really, really amazing. Um, so the next thing that I kind of wanted to ask you about was, you know, if you look on Lena's Instagram, she is always traveling, you know, whether she's studying abroad, working with refugees, she's always in a different country, obviously not right now with the pandemic, unfortunately, but, you know, with all this traveling, you're learning so much and in every country you go into, you're not only just like vacationing, but you are doing some type of work there that's impactful and important and you're immersing yourself in the culture versus just kind of like visiting, seeing everybody and just kind of leaving. So I really, really respect that about you um you know you're always finding a way to help in every country that you go into um so when you are traveling so much um you kind of you know you you are familiar with all of these places and then what does the word home mean to you and you know you wrote this beautiful piece um about home and we're going to be sharing it on our instagram page it's also on lena's instagram page um but what does home mean to you um i'd love to know more yeah um you know, this is one of those things that is 
so hard to describe because home is so it's everywhere for me in a way because I'm constantly you know like you said like I'm constantly in in you know even within the United States I'm constantly coming back and forth from Dallas to New York you know my family lives here in Texas but my my life and my friends and my school and everything else is in New York and so you know sometimes I have trouble trying to decide like what is home when people ask like where is home and I'm like you know I always stumble upon that question because it's just like I don't know how to answer that like how do I answer where is my home because I feel like I have a little bit of pieces of myself in every place that I've ever been so including like places like Athens and Abu Dhabi and Tunisia and in those places like I really you know became part of the community and I really spent time to getting to know people and getting to know the culture and and I always encourage people like whenever you go somewhere you know go in as if you're you're part of the people like become a local and and you know and understand the struggles of local here like what is life here and so because of that you know when I was writing this piece and it was initially for a magazine article from like it was a Saudi publication and so they wanted you know pieces of people talking about what is home to them and so for me I mentioned there like you know home is like where my toothbrush is like you know wherever that is and that could be that could be anywhere for all I know (laughs) it could be yeah so so that's kind of my idea of home for me I think it's like it's not a location necessarily or a physical place it's more of a connection you know it's a heartfelt feeling and it's in a moment feeling so my response to where's home could be very different any time of the year, you know, like you can ask me in a couple of weeks and I'd probably tell you something else. And so right. currently it's, you know, it's in a stable location. It's in a place that's safe and comfortable, which happens to be my parents' home right now. And, you know, like that's where home is right now. But in, in a few months, home could be back in Greece, you know, that's for all I know, it could be the back yeah. in Greece. But alhamdulillah, like, I, you know, it's a, it's very much like a, an amazing opportunity to be able to to say that, to even have that privilege to be able to say home is anywhere. Right. Yeah, that's so true. And and I don't think we realize that privilege until, you know, this whole pandemic hit and we're like, oh, wait, we can't just like hop on a plane and go wherever, you know, um, especially at NYU where like study abroad is so, so common. Um, I really felt like I took it for granted. So, you know, mashallah, you had that privilege, you have those experiences that you can remember. And inshallah, you get to, you know, get out there really soon, as soon as we get, you know, a vaccine or whatever. So, yeah, inshallah. inshallah. So, um, Lena, I want to thank you so much for being on this episode of Muslima. Um, I really learned so much from you, and I hope our guests can take something away from our conversation. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Asma. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. Salam alaikum. Alaikum salam. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Muslima Podcast. Make sure to follow and subscribe and check out our Instagram at muslima.podcast. Thank you all and see you next week.